This podcast is made possible by the generous support of Lilly Oncology. My name is Brett Miller. I am the co-founder of the Male Breast Cancer Coalition. Uh, we founded it in 2014, and it kind of stemmed off of the original foundation that we set up um, shortly after I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2010. That was the Brett Miller 1T Foundation. A uh, little backstory on that, the, na- the name from it... Um, comes because I, my name is spelt with one T and growing up I always asked my mom, I was kind of mad with, mad with her at certain times um, why my name was spelt with one T uh, instead of two because I met other Bretts growing up and they all had two T's. Um, well, when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, um, you know, I had to have the mastectomy so I had to have the nipple removed. So when she asked what we should name the foundation once we started it, I said the One Nipple Foundation. She said that's inappropriate, and I go, but it's true, you know. So, the uh, the Brett Miller One T Foundation is what we settled on because I've one I've always had one T in my name. Now I've got one tit and one nipple. So that's the that's a little humor that we've that I have come to believe that you need to have um, in this to you know get get through with it because otherwise everybody's too serious about it. I mean, it needs to be serious, but. You know anybody that's not affected by it when they try to ask questions, they feel that they are asking the wrong questions, or, or they don't know how to ask. You know how are you feeling? How you're doing? You know, but if you're able to joke about it, then it makes everybody a little more at ease to, um, to ask some of the harder questions, and and it makes it just easier for everybody. Um, so that's where the coalition, the foundation started from. Um, but I was so I was diagnosed in April. Uh, April 28th, 2010. Uh, I had had the lump for seven years. I found it when I was 17. Um, I went to uh, the doctor um, going into senior year of high school and uh, pointed out the lump that was direct, directly below my right nipple. And I was told that it was a calcium buildup. It was puberty. It would go away. Um, at the end of my senior year, I had to go finish up to get shots for college. A uh, different doctor told him pointed out the lump to him to ask him and oddly enough uh he almost said the same thing calcium buildup puberty would go away don't worry about it it's nothing um fast forward to seven years later when i was 24 uh finally i had had health insurance for probably about a year and a half or so for my job but i hadn't had the need to go to the doctor for anything besides common cold um so i hadn't gone to a physical for quite some time but uh, my parents urged me to go because uh, they knew that I still had the lump. Um, and, you know, my mom didn't really know, but my dad did. But I did have a, uh, a discharge from the nipple for about a year and a half. But I didn't think anything of it because I thought it was just the calcium buildup dissipating and going away, like I was told by all the doctors. Um, so I went to the doctor. I had a physical. Um, he was pretty much out the door before he even checked they lump because in a physical exam for men they do not do breast exams so I had to ask him to come back in and check out the lump um, and you know he did and he comes back in and he checks the lump and immediately says that you know we need to set you up for a sonogram which led to me going to the women's clinic that was fun to walk into I was greeted by name because I'm pretty sure I was the only male walking into the women's clinic that day um, I had to put the pink gown on to walk around the hallways and uh, I had the sonogram done. I had the, uh, the doctor came in to check to make sure what was asked 
uh, re- requested scans wise was done properly. Um, female doctor, she comes in and she does like a triple take on the monitor myself and says that she needs, you know, let's just do a man, let's do a mammogram just in case let's, you know, just so you don't have to come back in and waste any more time. And, um, I think that she knew then that something bad was, you know, going to happen. So I had to have a mammogram. It's a fun experience. Yes, welcome <laughs> to the club. Fun experience, yeah. Um, and, you know, needless to say, though, that the mammogram was the actual, the, the better scan, better than the ultrasound that kind of showed um, the lump. Uh, met with the surgeon um, to have it removed, and he didn't think anything of it, but he just said, based on the timeline, you've had it, let's just remove it anyways. Um, the first surgery was canceled by, or denied by insurance uh, because of a male having surgery on their chest not stating anything with breast cancer at all just having surgery to remove a lump um he actually told me that it was going to happen push it back through had the surgery remove the lump next day uh the doctor calls me doesn't ask if i'm sitting down if i'm in in a place or to come in hey we need to discuss the um he just tells me that the preliminary pathology reports are in uh it is breast cancer i'll call you back in three to five days when i fully read the report you know, I'm thinking, I, I'm just getting, you know, I'm thinking it's a, it's a joke for one, just because how it was handled, uh, it wasn't. Um, but, you know, we, I told my dad, I asked him not to say anything to my mom, because I was, I was leaving one job to go to the other, and I just didn't have the time to have her ask me a thousand questions, you know, mom instinct jumping in. Um, that lasted five minutes. I got on the phone with him, driving, mom calls. She asked all these questions, you know, needless to say, I was, we were in seeing the doctor the next day, um, and, you know, and asking all these questions and finding out that I would be the first male patient that he would do the surgery, uh, mastectomy on, or he was adamant about double mastectomy and, you know, it just didn't seem like he had all his ducks in a row to perform the, the surgery at best. So we, uh, we went for a second opinion, um, found another doctor. I kind of got beeline to some of the top doctors in the area based on being a 24 year old male diagnosed with breast cancer um, they also <clears throat> shared out my uh, case with uh, other friends at MD Anderson and John Hopkins is trying to get some more information um, it helped a lot because the morning of this, uh, the mastectomy surgery um, I was told that I did uh, the, or the doctor was told to not treat it just like you would with you know women at the time you know, uh, no double vasectomy, just only do the single vasectomy and, and everything. So luck, luckily I was able to do that. Um, but I made a deal with my surgeon, the one that performed the vasectomy, that if, uh, if he made me well, that I would actually, I would start speaking out. I would start sharing my story. Uh, because he said that at the time, you know, he offered that he could try to reach out to some of the males that he had performed the surgery on before. And if I had any questions to ask them, but most of them, he had 12 of them, um, Did the, uh, took vacation time off work, had the surgery healed up, went back to work like nothing ever happened, never talked about it. So he said that if you're, if you're willing to share your story, um, I believe that with your age, that you're able to, you would be able to make an impact on other men and help others. I was like, you get me healthy, let's make a deal, you know, strike a deal. So um, that's what we did, and that's, that's where it all, you know, it all started from. Started the Brett Miller One T Foundation, evolved into the Male Breast Cancer Coalition, and you know, with the help of my co-founder uh, Sherry Ambrose and my mother, 
uh, our director that keeps us all in line. Uh, kind of a pain some of the times, but I guess that's what you have to do to get everything done. Um, you know, we are, we've got men from all over the world, you know, um, Michael Singer, uh, diagnosed not too long after me, but didn't really talk about it much. Um, he saw me on the Katie Kirk show. Well, his wife, Patty saw me on there, yelled at him to get his ass in there. Sorry, language. Um, uh, to watch the show and it was like, if, if he's able to speak out and talk about it, you should be able to, um, he called us the next day and now I can't get the guy to shut up about it. But no, it's great. I, I love them. I love everybody that's a part of our uh, coalition. Um, without them, there's no way we would be where we're at today. Um, you know, globally, essentially, we've got survivors uh, contacting us from all over the world. Um, happy to see that there are others out there and that, you know, we've got a group going and that they can actually talk to others because, um, I, mine was barely stage one. I got lucky for all the years that I've had it. Um, so I'm able to talk to a lot of the men to an extent. But when it comes to certain treatments, I haven't received them. You know, I, I had four rounds of chemotherapy, and then I did uh, five years of uh, a Remedex anastrozole. Um, I tried tamoxifen, but they there were some side effects, so they took me off of it. Um, so I've only got so much experience in, in, in treatments to, to talk to some of these men, but we have so many others out there. Um, we have a handful that are uh, metastatic thrivers, and their, you know, their experiences I, I couldn't even imagine. But you know, we have those out there for the men that are getting diagnosed, and most of them are getting diagnosed, in, or a lot of them are getting diagnosed in late stages in metastatic, um, just because we, we don't think, you know, it's, we're stubborn. You know, it took seven years for me to go to the doctor to get the lump diagnosed. Um, it, it's just we have to be more adamant about our health. We have to be more proactive. We have to know our own bodies because we're our own best advocates. So if you find a lump anywhere, breast, neck, testicular, so on, whatever, go to the doctor. Get to the doctor. Um, if you have an instinct that something is wrong and they're telling you that it's nothing, don't stop. Go to another doctor get a second opinion, a third, so on. This upcoming April will be our fourth uh, conference. Um, this year uh, this year we're going down to Orlando. Um, it's a time for all of our survivors to come together, uh, a lot of them meeting each other for the very first time. Um, you know, social media has brought us together, but, you know, we haven't physically met each other. Um, so it brings us that uh, it brings us together on that. We do have a lot of doctors that will uh, that have come down. Dr. Ben Park, for one, um, we met him several years ago, and he has been uh, outstanding to our coalition. Um, he is a very very smart doctor. Uh, he's at Vanderbilt now, and he's helped out so many of our men. Just you know, if they, if they are questioning the treatments that they're getting, he talks to their doctors and they kind of formulate a, maybe a little bit better plan so um, he's been great so we have <clears throat> uh, several doctors will be there time for all our uh, survivors to meet each other face to face and be able to you know come together if anybody needs any information you can go to the malebreastcancercoalition.org um, and through there you will we have links and information um, everywhere we have survivor stories we have a memory page for a lot of those that we have lost along the way um, and you know, and, and some of the links on there, we have our breast self exams. Uh, we have little cards on there for people to see how to properly do it, as well as videos for both men and women. Um, so we're just we're here to bring, bring the awareness. 
uh, to men um, that men have breasts too. So as our original slogan was, guys, don't be afraid to touch yourself. So. <laughs>